0: not a professional athlete it's for professional women cyclists because you know it's it's hard as a as a woman pro athlete to earn a living and like cover your living expenses and actually do your races and stuff is is near impossible it's it's really tough i mean for men as well for women i think even worse um so this is just it's called the homestretch foundation where it just gives women a base where they at least don't have to worry about like sort of rent it's a it's a good communal environment um, which is why I said there's like two beds down here there's a kitchen upstairs there's another massive kitchen more beds it's like a really cool place um anyway i popped them a message to say like can i can i come and, and stay for the summer season and they're like okay yeah for sure like come through and i was like oh that was really like easier than i thought like you're, you're actually going to be the only person
1: Did you know that we each lose a different amount of electrolytes in our sweat largely based on our genetics? That means that there's no one-size-fits-all perfect sports drink for everybody because we each have unique needs. That's why we at SoulPre developed the Sync Hydration System, a series of sports drinks to help match you with the personal level of electrolytes that you need. If you'd like us to help you match with your perfect sports drink, go to SoulPre.com. Slash hydration dash quiz. That's solbri.com slash hydration dash quiz. Welcome to the Smart Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Funk. My guest today, um, I think we're going to have a really great conversation because she is a full time cartoonist, a speaker, an endurance cyclist. You can find her, her work, um, all kinds of cool stuff on her Instagram at Tegan Phillips Comics. Um, welcome to the show, Tegan Phillips.
0: Thank you for
1: having me. Yeah, thanks for joining me. Um, Before before we were officially recording, we were talking about, so if you're not on the YouTube version, you're in the audio-only version, you're missing the, like, interesting layer slash lodge slash restaurant-looking accommodation (laughs) that Tegan's staying in at the moment. Um, But there's there's lots of, like, interesting architecture in the background that seems to be going on. and, and a cat that may bite her at some point in time. So <laughs> if she yells randomly, it's because there's a cat wandering around. So don't don't mind that.
0: <laughs> I'll try not to sweat.
1: <laughs> no, swearing's okay. I think it's a good thing. You get, a, you get bit by a cat, it's probably appropriate. But um, so I had thought you were still in South Africa um, and then we were figuring out time differences before we got going and you are like, no, it's, it's only two hours different for me. And I was like, oh wait, Wait, wait what? And so you decided for an, an impromptu, I guess impromptu trip to the states for a few months?
0: Yeah, relatively impromptu, yeah. Um, I I applied to, I, I needed to train um for this uh, trip that I'm doing in October and it's winter in Cape Town and I kind of, re- I remember like years ago seeing a, a documentary about this place in America that women cyclists could go and live and train. And um, I had no idea uh, what Tucson summer was like. I was like, summer, warm, uh, cycling house, like that would be great. And I, I applied, I just sent a message to be like, okay, I'm, I'm not a professional athlete, it's for professional women cyclists because you know it's, it's hard as a as a woman pro athlete to earn a living and like cover your living expenses and actually do your races and stuff is, is near impossible it's it's really tough I mean for men as well for women it's I think even worse um so this is just it's called the homestretch foundation where it just gives women a base where they at least don't have to worry about like sort of rent it's a, it's a good communal environment um, which is why I said there's like two beds down here It's a kitchen upstairs there's another massive kitchen more beds it's like a really cool place um anyway I popped them a message to say like can I can I come and and stay for the summer season and they're like okay yeah for sure like come through and I was like oh that was really like easier than I thought like you're, you're actually going to be the only person it's like, that's so interesting like I wonder why <laughs> um, but it turns out it's it's, it's very hot yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah you're gonna be the only person because it's like what like 115 degrees i guess I, I don't know what that is in celsius uh so for if you're listening in south africa sorry i don't do the conversion very quickly in my head
0: High um, 30s low 40s every yeah. day <laughs> until yeah. until late at night um but uh yeah i've absolutely i've really loved it um so yeah it's been good heat training <laughs>
1: So you out you I think you were saying before we got uh, you know officially recording that you're going out with people are you're not just riding by yourself are you?
0: Well, at the moment, I mean, I, I'm actually staying here by myself with um with the cats. Uh, there were a couple of girls still here uh, when I arrived, who are pro athletes, and it was really cool to do a little bit of riding with them, find <laughs> them. Um, but yeah there's such a big cycling community in Tucson I, I believe it's bigger in the winter but even still I mean you know there there's group rides with a, a couple dozen people almost every day or very often so I'm I'm doing a lot of riding not by myself um but in terms of actually like I think to be here in the winter is is so cool and it's something that I would say if you are a woman cyclist um it's worth you know applying I think it's it's pretty Tricky to get in because there's, there's obviously limited spaces, but um to be able to just literally live with other athletes who are training and and eating and stretching, you know, this, it's got everything like a bike garage and yoga mats and stretching, and to have that in a kind of like communal environment is just I think it must be so awesome because being an athlete, um I think it can be quite lonely. Like my friends who I'm not a, a proper pro, but the the friend I'm not a pro at all. Um, but yeah, my friends who are pros, I think it's it's hard. Like you're not um, unless you are riding in a team, and even if you are riding in a team, um, you're you're all doing individual stuff, right? So a lot of it is is super. You just feel I think a little bit isolated, and you okay, you've got a coach, and you've got your bio and nutritionist or whatever, but it's not the same as like going to an office and there's a whole bunch of people around you and you're working on stuff together it's kind of like you're having to do stuff that's pretty monotonous like pretty exhausting and you're just alone (laughs) and it's stressful obviously you you, because you've got the pressures of like you have to perform your whole job relies on your body and I, I think that's that's super stressful because you can't you can control it to a degree but like I think we all know our bodies just fuck out sometimes and like Um anyway.
1: Yeah, no, I would think it's that I mean, so um longtime listeners know that I spent a considerable amount of time trying to become a a pro in triathlon, um, which basically means training like a pro, even though you aren't necessarily performing like a pro yet. And, you know, I know that like there are there's a small group of kind of elite amateurs here uh, in in Kansas City. There's I would say five to 10 of us at any given time and I would not no longer include myself in that group um since I've kind of pieced out back to just running um but you know I I see the guys we all know each other I'd see the guys at races and they go oh yeah like come come do this training thing with me at seven or eight o'clock at night and like you know trying to get that social connection and I'd always turn it down because I'm like man by like I finished my second workout by like two in the afternoon and I'm done. Like, I don't want to wait till seven or eight at night to do another workout. And just there's that, there's that need for like individualization and uh, taking care of your own schedule, what your own workout needs to be, your own recovery routine. I would think that only gets like more exaggerated as you, become a pro and a better pro and being just like i'm very dialed in this is exactly what i'm doing i'm not you know i'm not screwing around with this or that thing because performance matters like it it is important to enjoy it but you also have to know that like if i don't perform you know maybe sponsors don't like me as much anymore i'm not going to get preems i'm not going to get you know podium placements so it's at least from my, I guess I'll say limited experience as an aspiring pro, it, it, it's definitely isolating and it takes some adjustment if you don't have a team around you anymore.
0: Yeah,
1: 100%. So I, I you know, I, we were talking about this before we got going, you know, I have kind of aspirations. I'd love to be able to put together a team um, at some point for the company or something in the future. Um, when we just have money to throw at it, which I'm <laughs> not that big yet. Um, I think part of that just comes from like my own, uh, I'll say high school and collegiate experience with the team and just knowing like how much having those people around matters just in your morale day to day, like you're suffering, but it's like communal suffering.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's, I think that just that emotional support of like all of the different stresses that you're going through to be able to have that kind of your emotional support even if it's just in the whatsapp group to have people who kind of know what you're doing and um to be able to support them and they support you i think that's a big part of what (laughs) makes the athlete life kind of like go from just being survivable to actually enjoyable
1: yeah Uh, thinking about that though i know um or i'm fairly certain uh, you had originally had a different life plan. I, I think my uh, assistant had told me you had originally planned on trying to be a lawyer and somehow <laughs> you found yourself in a basement in Tucson, Arizona, and so, <laughs> instead of in a courtroom. This, this seems like very divergent paths. Um, one would certainly, you know, right now you're socializing with cats that seem to be aggressive if you don't pay enough attention to you. Otherwise you might actually have, you know, uh, Fellow lawyers or, or you know, coworkers to talk with. So how how do you how do you find yourself taking that that road that leads to this this basement in Tucson, Arizona? Um, oh.
0: <laughs> the last time somebody asked me that, I gave about like a twenty minute answer. And I'm definitely not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> do the Cliff notes version. How long have I been talking? Um, basically, what happened is I was. Um, studying law and actually really enjoying it I hadn't I planned to study journalism started studying journalism didn't like the the kind of um very aggressive nature of the sort of hard journalism that I was studying um switched over to law I was loving that and interestingly I, I actually I came top of my law class in in the second year and one of my professors said You will never be a lawyer, (laughs) which not in a bad way, but just kind of like saying like like, this is not going to be my thing. Um, And uh, I, my dad, had been doing his environmentally focused executive MBA, and uh, he'd started getting interested in cycle touring, um, and basically he. Introduced me to cycle touring by just showing me a, a video. Um, I'd never seen or heard of it. But like, we don't have a big cycle touring culture in South Africa. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: So, for me, I was, I don't know, like 21 or something. And I was just like, what is this thing? Like, that bicycle, like, bicycles are not supposed to look like that. I'd only, I'd just started cycling a few months before. Right. Um, but he showed me it was Tom Allen's video of him trying to cycle around the world. And the next day, after watching that video, um, I saw on Tom's Twitter through, like reading my dad's Twitter over his shoulder that Tom was running a competition where you could win a bicycle that he had used on an adventure and a tent and everything. And I kind of spontaneously decided to enter that competition, uh, which I then, and to, and. To enter the competition, to kind of make my competition entry stand out a little bit, I made a video uh, of cartoons that I had <laughs> stolen my, my boyfriend at the time. Um, his He had an iPad 1, and I just drew some cartoons with my finger, made it into a YouTube video, and that video won me the bike. I went to England and did a bike tour, and that was kind of the the big wrong, not wrong to end, but the big uh, deviation from the lawyer path that I, I've just continued on that deviated path now to, to end up um, spending the last couple of years just adventuring and comic making <laughs> and um, and now being here in, in Tucson. So I've just sort of made a, like a, a career out of it, I suppose.
1: So are you, uh, technically speaking, are you still uh, drawing on an iPad one? Do you have a stylus yet? Are you still using your finger? But like, um, how does the creation process go?
0: I have this iPad. I have no idea what model it is. It's like <laughs> an iPad one. Like I wouldn't, like, I
1: wouldn't know either, one. so.
0: It was like, I think it was a brick. Um, and I used to get so cross with my ex because he would, um, he would just sit on it for so long and he was obsessed with this giant iPad. It was like the Nokia 3310 of, of iPads um anyway uh, but I do still draw with my finger I bought so many styluses I learned how to make a stylus myself which you can make by basically just wrapping some tinfoil around a pen and then some cotton wool and tape and you wetted and um Mm. and then also I bought an apple pencil and then in the end I just still use my finger it's just I think I'm just used to it
1: look, I've got, I used to have, uh, it's not on my desk anymore. I had like, I had this like metal stylus almost. You know, you could do like a metal cap that screwed on and off of it. And I can't remember why I got it. I got it for some drawing purpose because um, I have a little bit of an art background. And I feel like I had, oh, I had a tablet for a while. I used it on that. It was, it was, it was the weirdest thing, because it like you're talking about like just an odd end with tinfoil and a cotton ball. It had this like plastic disc on the end of it that somehow that would activate um, the screen. Yeah. and it was just it worked, but it it doesn't feel like like if I sit here with a pen or a pencil and try to draw. it didn't like the 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 tactile sensation was kind of kind of nice, but also. Just a kind of odd adjustment. So I'm just trying to imagine, like trying to draw with a <coughs> cotton ball, <laughs> and like the how would that feel, and how does that adjust, like you know how your hands moving?
0: Yeah, no, there's there's a lot of different ones. I must say the Apple Pencil is really really good. Um, if I'd started on that, I would probably still be with it. Now it's just a decoration.
1: No. So I mean, there's do. This is one thing I I don't know that I've really pulled out, but do you feel like your comics have a central theme, or is it just like this is what I feel like comicking about today?
0: I think, like, looking back, you know, at the time, it always just feels like my whole professional life, I've always just felt like. I have no idea what, <laughs> what I'm doing. There's no kind of bigger plan. It's it's kind of just like I, I wanna make this thing, um, gonna try and make it <clears throat> fit in with everything else. But looking back, I would say that the a sort of theme that runs through everything that I make is um it's trying to capture I think what sort of what I'm experiencing, but but with a, a theme of of this kind of the spirit of adventure, if that makes sense. Um and the, for me, adventure, what I've realized is definitely it's, it's something that's not, it's not necessarily about being outdoors or, or using your body. It's literally just a way of experiencing things in the world as being interesting and exciting and challenging and kind of like, I suppose, looking at things the way that a, a kid who's never experienced them before looks at them which is maybe I mean it's partly because (laughs) I have so little experience I get all the different things I've tried to do like whether it's it's merch or new sports or even like in the sport of cycling I've gone from cycle touring to then a bit of road cycling to riding in a team um, training ultra endurance so it's always I feel like I'm I'm constantly in these new environments so that sense of wonder is, is genuine I'm like this is this is genuinely new to me I have no idea and and being able to really like a thrive of that, um, that feeling of just like, this is so interesting. Like this is so cool. And obviously you're making massive mistakes the whole way because if you don't have experience in something then you're, you're just thumb sucking, like how do I respond to this new environment and these new challenges And and 90% of the time making the wrong decision and I think the the sort of adventure mindset is just seeing the kind of the fun and, and humor in that of just being like, this is a story and it's a, it's a funny <laughs> and interesting story as opposed to just having, I think a lot of adults in the world um, have a mindset of, if you're not doing something the right way, then it's just wrong and it's just bad. And it's kind of like things are going good or they're going bad and when there's problems then it means that they're going bad and if it's going good then a lot of that is just almost sort of ignored as just being like that's the default this is I'm in automatic mode and that sense of wonder is just not there it's because and, and I think part of it's because I don't know perhaps being very much future focused I being like okay I've got I've nailed this element of my life or this element of whatever I'm experiencing and now I'm just thinking about the next thing and so it's it's a kind of very non-adventurous <laughs> way to live and to look at things uh which is i suppose a, a long answer but i would say definitely in the different themes of my work whether it's mental health or the environment or cycling or travel it's that feeling of curiosity and and wonder is in everything
1: i wish i knew thinking about the idea of wonder i know one of my uh psychology professors in college, her like main focus of study is on the phenomenon of wonder. And now I'm just like, I wish I had like, <laughs> I wish I had followed, you know, this has been 10 years ago now that I was in, in college. So I wish I had followed up and I had more like good info from her on like what happens and why we feel that way. But, um, talking about, uh, you said, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase you because I, I the quote, is going to be wrong, but, um, talking about the idea of if things aren't done like a certain way, then it's wrong. Like they either need, you know, as an adult, like they either need to be this way or they need to, and it. And it reminds me of your, you had a comic about like the reality of what non-attachment means and, you know, how non-attachment is um, related to love, which it's a topic that I, I like to talk about. Um, I click with Eastern philosophies I have since I was a child. But just like, I feel like that all goes together, right? It's almost like the inability for self-love if you're attached to the idea of like, you know, I I must go to college, get a job, find a spouse, have two two 2.4 <laughs> kids, live in the suburb. Like if you don't live with the narrative, then you won't be, ha- it's like, no, not necessarily. Like there's, I always like to say, especially right now um, with our very divisive like political climate, the breadth of human experience is so vast. Like, I, and I think we need empathy to understand that all of us come from different places. And if you become unattached or non attached to the outcome of it must be this way and if it's not then therefore it's bad, If you become unattached from that, then you can begin to, I believe, love yourself and your own circumstance and empathize with somebody else's circumstance and say, oh, like, if that's what they are and they're happy, like, good on them. Like, that's, maybe it's not what I want, but if you want to hang out in a basement in Tucson, Arizona, and that fulfills you, go for it. Like, you know, who am I to, to dictate your human experience?
0: Yeah, I think a hundred percent. And to, I think it's such a big part of what you were saying there about being able to have empathy for other people is um, two things like on the, on the one hand, the sense of universal compassion of really, really, really internalizing the idea that if, if you were them, you would do what they did, right. uh, what they do and and it's so common you know we all do it like i do it all the time where you you kind of assume that people have the same values and not right, you project and- your own
1: <laughs> ideas on them and
0: and then what they do doesn't make sense and you're like well obviously that they they know that it's it's wrong or it's bad or whatever and i think and, and so um on the one hand being able to like I, i'm always trying to remind myself like there's no changing that like they might change on their own um and that's part of life but they are who they are Um, and whether it's people you know or don't know just just really realizing like they they're that way for a reason and and I would be that way if I had all of those things and so it's it's fully fully accepting that and and giving uh, having an attitude of love towards that and then at the same time realizing that if you're feeling feelings of resentment or whatever it is towards them then it's on you to change um sort of the role that you're letting them play in your life so um if somebody is say a friend and they're they're really irritating you the common reaction is to just say this person they're being bad they're doing something wrong they must change and until they change i have no choice but to just feel so upset and to realize like actually no they are who they are and and okay yes you can sometimes give um, feedback or input and make them aware of how you're feeling but you know, after a point, it's sort of accepting, like, all of these other people, they're, they're going to be who they are. And if I have an issue with that, I have to change, um, sort of how much I'm emotionally investing in them, or how much I'm relying on them or having expectations. And um, I always try to think about it, like, if, if you own a business, and you have, say, a, a head of marketing that you've hired, and they're not doing their job properly in the way that you want for your business it's up to you to say, look, this isn't working. And you kind of um, let go of that contract that you have with them where you're like, I'll give you money and you give me work. Or, you know, that, that it's, it's up to you to make sure that the people in your business are doing their jobs in the way that you want to. And, and it's up to you to, to fire or hire selectively. You can't just sit there as the CEO and say, this person isn't doing their job and I'm going to sulk until they start doing it better. Like it's taking on that, Personal responsibility for your own life while also having immense compassion for for people in their lives
1: I think what makes it difficult is that there's so much well a couple of things, but firstly, there's so much nuance to so many situations mm. and I, I think like natively our brain's kind of like a it's this or that like It's one or the other. None of this this shades of gray horse crap. Like it's just it's it's black or white, right? But it's not. (laughs) And and knowing what to do with all that nuance, I think is very difficult. On top of that, as you kind of mentioned earlier, what I what I think shades that conversation further is like this projection of beliefs and then like living inside your own head, like not even being able to see yourself and your own actions objectively. Like if in the easiest way I know to, to do this is like, take your story and tell it to yourself as if a friend is asking you about it instead of saying like, because then you kind of take yourself out of the situation in, in, Even doing that is an exercise in itself. It's not easy to do because you're in the situation, (laughs) you know, but, but that's, it's the closest thing I can, I can say to like, it's how do you remove yourself from that? Um, But uh, there are other, other comics I kind of want to ask you about, because you got, you got all kinds of stuff um, going on. I, you know, there's, you know, you have like, so I looked through some of your recent ones. Um, I don't know whether I should ask you about poop or not. (laughs) <laughs> it's, always, it's always a good conversation to- topic for interns athletes um but what like what, there's a quote from your like perseverance. i won't read through your whole perseverance comic so if you want to check that out uh tegan phillips comics on instagram uh, but you said something about you know like the idea about perseverance just um like always check you don't just need a nap like whether you're going to quit or not like just maybe you're just a little tired you need like a small break and then you're gonna be fine I think I find myself there from time to time because I always take on too much. Um, and so th- it's such a simple piece of advice, but I think it's uh, profoundly useful.
0: Well, that that exact phrase was inspired by um, a friend of mine telling me he, he was doing the Silk Road mountain race, um, which is that ultra endurance, like really, really tough bicycle race in, in Kurdistan. And, he I don't know, he was a few days in or something like that and just was finished. He was absolutely finished. It was terrible weather as it as it like the conditions there are really hectic. And he ended up um scratching from the race. Mm-hmm. And then after a couple of hours, suddenly feeling better, but you can't you Right, you can't
1: unscratch.
0: You can't unscratch. And I remember um we he and I were talking about that after I I had done um the Sedgefield 500 which is a, a 500 kilometer quite intense sort of gravel race in South Africa and I also I, I, I went out really hard um it was hot I got sore, like saddle sores and it was just um, and then by the the I rode sort of day through the night and the next morning I was riding like a few meters and then having to take a break and a few meters and having to take a break and I phoned my dad and I was like I, you know, I I don't think I'm gonna actually finish this race within within the cutoff. And he said, okay, well I'm on my way. And then I said, no no no, just just give me ten minutes. And then he phoned me in ten minutes. I said, no, just okay, just ten more minutes. And eventually I I went I ended up just going and um, having a nap on a restaurant floor for a couple of hours, um, and bumping into some friends and getting some food and water. And then feeling 100%. And I, was, I felt great for the rest of that race. I finished so strong. And, um, and for me, that was just such a big lesson is that try first, just try to have a long break <laughs> before, you, before you quit. Um, and and uh, yeah, it's often just like you need a bit of sleep and uh, maybe a bit of food, um, which I think is, is, yeah, it kind of does also translate to, to life. Um, whether it's like you're working on a, a book or a project or whatever. It's the temptation to quit is so often there and we feel like that feeling of wanting to quit isn't going to go away, but it normally does.
1: Yeah, well, it's like, I know, like I said, I, I often bite off more than I can chew uh, in part of just being ambitious. And, you know, sometimes being an endurance athlete you know, the mentality is like just one foot in front of the other. Just keep, keep on plugging away. Um, but life is uh, unrelenting. It is not like a race where, you know, there is a finish line at the end of the race. You know, you have to make your own finish lines or points, you know, rest breaks or rest stops or aid stations. You have to decide where those are. Um, and again, talking about nuance, like, figuring out that internal sense of like, how do I feel? Should I take a break? Am I fine? Do I really need to quit? You know, like, and then you go through like moments of self-doubt and then you're like, no, no, things are fine. And they're like, are they fine? And, and it's just the whole weird and internal monologue you deal with. Um, but, it, you know, and people talk about this in other scenarios, like before you make like rash decisions, sleep on it, you know, like whether it's a nap or whether it's a an overnight thing um sometimes your brain just needs a reset and then you're like okay i, I don't know how many times after the end of you know when i was pursuing that professional license um i would just you know pull my insides out basically trying to work as hard as i could on these like half ironman races uh you know trying to get high enough placement to turn that professional license and i would be so out of it at the end of a race i mean i ended up in the medical tent more times um, than I should have, three, four times. I didn't do that many of them, um, and I'd say to my coach, "Just like I don't think I shouldn't do this anymore. Like I don't, I, don't, I, I shouldn't do this." And he'd always say, "Like you're too emotional right now. We'll, we'll talk about this later." And I'd always, you know, and invariably uh, come back to the point of, "All right, let's let's keep going." You know? <laughs> and- <laughs> so um, it, it is. Yeah, like I said, I think it's a great, a great point um, to consider when you're doing a big project, working on something at work, doing something athletic, whatever it is. Maybe you just need a nap, figuratively or literally.
0: And it's often, I think, there's a, there's a, an element of ego as well that comes into it because sometimes we want to quit not because we we think we're not going to finish, but it's because you're like, I'm not going to be able to get the result that I want. Right. And when speaking I speaking
1: about attachment. <laughs>
0: Yeah, literally. Um, which I mean, it's also it's something that we've we've all experienced. And like with that central race, realizing like, okay, I'm I was at one point coming second overall, and realizing like uh, I'm probably gonna come somewhere in the back now. And then uh, in that race, when we set off, there were five guys off the front, hammering it, and um, I think three of them had to quit before the end of the end of the first day and I remember sitting with them at the, at the, the kind of shopping center um, in the evening um, where I was stocking up to start riding through the night and they were, cause it had been really, really hot. Um, everyone was dehydrated and um, and there were, two of them were there and they were waiting to get fetched. And I was like, guys, wh- you're fine. Like <laughs> what are you doing? And they just, I think that, um, you know they were strong cyclists and they were like if I'm, if I'm not gonna come first, I'm not gonna do it. And I think that's such a big part of, of this thing, especially in sports. But again, like in life is, if you're willing to kind of adjust your goals and say like, I can still finish this, I'm, I'm just going to have to think about things in a, in a different way now. And kind of um, humble myself a little bit and maybe it's not going to be like this, but there's still, there's so many options. Um, and then then we kind of, Give ourselves the opportunity to have this incredible experience and learn all of those lessons. Because I mean, you'll know that it's in those races where things go wrong. And okay, maybe you don't get the result that you want, but just in that persevering and finishing, you learn so much, like whether it's about nutrition or rest or or kind of like little hacks that you can do to keep going when you're tired. Um, And if you stop as soon as you're not winning, you lose all of those lessons and that feeling of accomplishment of when you do cross the finish line whether it's in last place or not and you're just like oh, fuck yes.
1: <laughs> i think for me the one of the lessons like this race that just went horribly absolutely horrible 70.3 santa cruz i didn't have enough food i ended up with like tunnel vision like like literal not in a figurative sense in a literal sense like blackness was like coming in on my vision as i was going through the run i had like 60 year old guys finish Passing me near the end of the run, um, I, I I got to the end and in looking back, I, I think of two things. One, I probably should have like just stopped and walked at aid stations and taken in fuel somehow. but again, I was like pushing to try to make these times and stuff. But so like I learned that lesson, but then on top of that, one of the things I took away from it, for better or for worse, because again, there's kind of some downside to this. I felt more confidence in myself that, like, I was basically knackered, like, I was out of it. And I felt like if I could, if if the core of my being would not let me stop, that, like, I can get rid of doubts anymore. And so that's, I did not, you know, I obviously did not finish where, where I wanted to, but I did finish and it was a big source i guess of um pride at least for a while even though you know i've said other times in the podcast when i've talked about this particular race like maybe not the smartest thing to have done <laughs> um to push that far um but in you know if, if i if i were to do it again you know a second time uh, you would hope i would have my fuel figured out better it, it had to do with the messed up bike wheel and I had to just transition didn't get set up and I almost missed the entire race and the whole thing is why I didn't have the fuel but um if I were to do it a second time maybe not but just you know I tried to let go of that you know attachment to well you know I'm not going to get the placement but just we're going to finish and see how we are and you know if I had not I wouldn't have gotten that you know kind of Truth or whatever uh, about the core of who I am, or maybe who I was. I don't know about who I am anymore, but at least at the time.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's um, thing,
0: to have a new identity, like I'm a person that finishes things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, taking as we're winding down on time, uh, I'm going to ask you this season's question. So I have each season of the show, I have a question I ask every single guest. Uh, and it varies every single season. So this season's question I'd like to ask you is, how do you celebrate your wins?
0: Um, that, you know, I, 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 I have no idea. <laughs> <I think laughs> and that's that,
1: why I'm asking it.
0: You know, I, I think maybe all I can think of is is an adventure, you don't really have wins you know an adventure is an adventure and, and I, i'm not um not to say that i'm not competitive but i i don't think that anything that i do really has a winning or a losing element it's everything is just an adventure so that's, I'm sorry. Um, so it's it's the to be honest i, I think this is going to sound cheesy but going on the adventure is the celebration <laughs> And getting to the end, okay, okay, maybe some champagne is nice when you get to the finish line <laughs> of somewhere. But yeah, it's it's just the, I would say that the, the process in general, is like I don't hold back on treating myself <laughs> while I'm doing stuff. So it's, it, yeah, the whole thing is just a celebration of being able to do stuff.
1: No, I think that's a perfectly great answer. Um thinking where can people find you if they want to see the comics, catch up with you, any of that kind of stuff?
0: um instagram's probably the best at tegan phillips comics teganphi comics
1: awesome tegan thanks for hanging out with me today
0: cool. thank you so much